I'm as well as ever, as you can be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> okay, so good. How long, how long have you been talking for now, for today? Oh, no, I've only just done one interview, so I'm all good. Oh, okay, good. Got time. Okay, that's good. Um, well, let's start then. Um, yeah. Moral panic. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what, what triggered um, this song for you? Well, the song in particular, Moral Panic? Yes. No, I mean the, the song, the song first. The song. Uh, what triggered the song? It was, um, it was climate change and the denial of climate change and the kind of the idea that it's not a thing and that kind of hysteria around it yeah. um, and about how people don't know people don't be with people 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 use fear against each other with more panic mm-hmm. and the um musically musically the song was it basically dom and i were, were listening to a lot of r&b and a lot of pop yeah. um which was really interesting for us to do um Because basically, he said to he said to me like a year ago, like I just think our songwriting could be better. I think the melodies could be better, this and that. And I remember thinking like, thanks, that's not very cool. <laughs> But he was totally right. And um, so I just kind of went off and thought about all the music that I love and find super interesting. Because I started realizing that I wasn't listening to rock, and I didn't even know. I guess I didn't even know why. So yeah. I studied it, and I thought, I love I love hip hop and the flow and the cadences and the rhythms um, so much. So it just kind of immersed in it. And now it just, it, it can't stop from coming out. And again, with Don, with that piece of music at the start, it was definitely kind of Kendrick Lamar, Drake influenced. And I was just trying to find as interesting rhythm, rhythms as I could and melodies. And Dom has like a reggaeton beat with it. Yeah. Um, it's the most experimental song I'd say that we've ever done. It's, it nearly didn't work. But it's, um, no, it's great. It's like a pessimistic dance tune. Um, it's like Hall of Notes, but sad. <laughs> what, did it, what did it do for your, for your singing? Uh, did, did, it, did you have to change your singing? Or maybe you're finding your... your uh, um, on that song. Lines, yeah? Yeah, on that song, I was just say that I was just... That, actually, that song, I didn't have to overthink it, really. I really didn't in terms of that. That was just, I just wanted to do a beautiful performance. The track felt felt really, yeah, it felt really pretty to me. It felt really warm. I wanted, to, I wanted to strike that first melody and the first set of lyrics with poignancy, but with beauty. So it was mm-hmm. trying to find a middle ground between, yeah, and a heavy attack and then a reserved attack. And that, yeah, so maybe I did, maybe I did think about it more than I, I'm saying on that one and then um but the rest of the song yeah just i guess i had a a feel of this 70s disco vocal and and that ending especially that really warm that really warm vocal towards the end when everything's everything's charging towards the end yeah Yeah. it wasn't it wasn't anything overly put on it was just yeah just i really wanted a really a really beautiful good strong almost dance vocal Yeah, cool. Uh, and what did it do for you? Because well, you, what you said, Dom said to you, well, uh, immerse in in in, in hip hop and, and oh, and, uh, is that what you mean? Yeah. What 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 did it what did it do for you um, um, with your with your singing techniques? Interesting. Um, I wouldn't say it did anything for my singing techniques. It probably made me. I I've, I've been writing so much R and B stuff on the side. I've kind of 
done this uh, through lockdown I just needed some time to just really reassess some shit in my life um and from that kind of R&B exposure and everything that I love I've managed I've just done like this almost whole other set of songs that I don't even know what to do with yet I'm figuring out but yeah I've kind of exposed the whole side of what I like to write and it's come out completely different um but vocally now I don't know I don't think it's changed anything vocally it's just added more interest rhythmically melodically for me and the, well just just a short side path uh, the songs that you have been that you've written um what sort of style are they that, that aren't on this album but that you've done for yours personally yeah just I mean for me like these songs that I've done on the side are just kind of like this dark R&B Frank Ocean meets Radiohead thing it's just, just something for fun at the moment and I don't know if what I'll do with it um but it's been really interesting just just to fully pull my strings I think with Nothing But Thieves it's it's this marriage of personalities and sounds which makes this incredible you know melting pot which I absolutely love because you never know what you're going to get but it was really nice to just spend the last sort of 10 months zoning in on myself with no pressure and just making some music yeah it was, it's been really interesting that has um, I don't know I don't know if you want to share it, but what, what what sort of things were on your mind? I don't know. I think for me, I've been kind of on this path of self-discovery and kind of this path of um, shedding away um, all of you, all of life's distractions and and your kind of band-aids that you put on yourself mm -hmm. and what everyone does. I, I kind of feel that my whole thing now, the way I live my life and the message I want to push, whether it's just something to do with me or with Nothing But Thieves or just general interviews is that I really want people to become more self-aware and look at themselves because from self-awareness, you can shed away the ideas you have of yourself and the ideas people have of you and actually become yourself and from that self-awareness I do believe that you become human aware and planet aware and conscious of others and what you can do to better yourself and better others and I've not that I'm not that I live my life selfishly but definitely like had lived my life ego fueled and just didn't overly think about really what I was who I was affecting or what I was doing myself so yeah, the last sort of nine months has been about that self-discovery. Um, and then from that, yeah, I've been really, really creative. I think from living a really stoic life in lockdown, I think in those moments of silence, I've been, I've had so many ideas um, and I've just had to, I feel like I've had to like deal with it and had to write it down and stuff like that. And I don't know what I'll do with it yet, but it's, um, but it's been really, yeah, really, really amazing to do. And I do think that, um, People, yeah, people need to become self-aware. But this this album as well, Nothing But Thieves, Moral Panic, is is about that too. It's this yeah. it's this middle ground between rage and res resignation. It's this this thing of like, come on, yeah. like, look at yourselves, look at what you are, look at what you're literally like coded to fear yourself and fear others. You know, that's what unpersons about. You know, and. And we're being completely polarised in the information age, the social media age. And I just don't think, I think it's slowly now, the curve is going. People are becoming, are becoming more aware of it. With great documentaries that you see, 
you know, I'm really glad there's things like that on Netflix that are actually showing the light of it. But it's, um, yeah, it's really ugly. And I just think people need to take a step back and just actually look at their lives and look at the things around them and just fucking breathe for a minute and do the right thing, do the right thing one step at a time. This, that's what this record is about, you know, it's that, yeah. Yeah, I think because the, the the stuff that you mentioned, I think there's one song that, that really, well, taps into it. I think uh, Phobia. Um, can you explain where you were when you wrote that lyrics? Because it, it's it's some sort of trip that you people you you guide people towards your your personal feelings. And well, one line is "fucking hate the internet," but it's it starts off with you being in a hotel. Yeah. This is Joe. This is Joe's lyric, um, okay. but it's. Um, yeah, hundred percent. It, it is again. It's just what we we talk about all the time. And just this, I'm I have like everyone else. I have this horrible love hate relationship with the internet where I need it for the band. Unfortunately, but I absolutely hate what it does to everyone. I think it's just destroyed destroyed social connection. I think it's it's destroyed self love. I think it's made everyone need external validation. And this song in particular was us just saying, it obviously is character based. This is this is this kind of like Marilyn Manson-esque character's demise and wanting to, to have a life off the internet and off the digital and into the real world, but suppressing it with drugs and alcohol and basically not being able to connect with their, themselves spiritually in any sense and have any healing. There's obviously flickers of stuff that is that is definitely, you know, personal in terms of like, um, I got some pills, but not some help. You know, I think that's really, that's really relevant for me, but I fucking hate the internet. Yeah. I love that lyric. Yeah. It's just, it's just, um, it was just sprawls of anger and we want to, wanted to showcase that. And I, I really love this song in particular. We've not, um, we've never done something that builds from so, from so little, um, into this huge, this huge ending. And, and it, it was one of those times where a lyric and a melody and the music was so symbiotic naturally in the room. I stayed, just started with a throb and I had that rhythm of the vocal melody and that kind of wanted that, that really soft delivery. We had the idea that we wanted to write about the dangers of the internet and what it can do to you. Um, and it just grew together and together until it turned into this beast. And I felt like in the recording studio, I just turned into this, yeah, this, other other character I had I had Marilyn Manson in my head. I was reading his biography. He's a fucking messed up individual. Yeah. Um, he's fucked up. Yeah. But yeah, I just I wanted to kind of encompass that with that delivery and with the delivery of those lines. But that song's come out really, really, really interesting, uh, really cool. And I think it's 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 sort of sort of it's it's kind of linked with unperson. Uh, I yeah, think it's one line that I see is now my computer gets sad without me. Oh. Um, Oh, Unperson is, <laughs> is, so re- un- is so relevant to me more than now than ever. But sorry to interrupt you. Karen, no, it's but... okay. Just, 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 just pick it up. Why, why yeah. is it relevant to you? Because I think because of my own, as much as being so, we were self-aware of what was going on with the internet at the time, and at, you know, but this is this is the time of things like Cambridge Analytica, um, you know, which was which was taking your data. And, um, and selling it to campaigns so they could polarise you um, and get those persuadable votes, basically. There's no, no, no such thing as a fair vote anymore. And that's the time it was written. And now, even more so, 
with my own personal discovery, and, I'm, and I know that I know for a fact the boys are, are the same, of of just seeing how ugly ugly the internet is, and with new documentaries coming out like the Social Dilemma, which I'm so I was almost like wanting to write to the producers, being like, thank you so much for actually doing something so mainstream about this problem, um, because it's it's fantastic. And one person is about the fact that you're you're coded, you are you are part of a system that you feed it and it feeds you and it sells you ads and you yeah you pay for them by your by your screen time you um they know so much about you they know more about you than you know about you but they're also turning you into the same as every every other person you're a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone um and my computer gets out without me is about those dings you get those notifications that come back come back we yeah. need you here come back because you get those dopamine hits you're just you're fed into it and you want more of it. But that, again, that song, that song is just, again, a, a, like everything else, just a mirror up and just being like, are you comfortable with this? Do you do you want to live your life like this? You know, no one can tell you what to do, but it's like, look at it. But how hard was it for you when, when lockdown began to, well, you're just you're more, more, more by yourself. How hard was it for you to keep a healthy balance with your computer and with your phone? Yeah, very difficult. I think... Um, At first, at first, kind of pushing aside the phone and the computer thing, I think that I knew I needed this time. I needed this this alone time to just, like I said, just brush away everything that I thought I was as a person um, and just really, really figure that out. And then with that, I kind of tried to do this, trying to do a more of a spiritual thing where I don't need the material aspects of my life. Obviously it's difficult at times, especially like, you know, I like clothes. <laughs> so it's just simple as that. Like basically as that is like, it's just, and I'm like, you know, I, I went, I went vegan because as soon as I started pushing away all the things I thought I was or needed in my life, I slowly started to become more connected to everyone. This, this record almost, I feel that it's helping me in a sense too, weirdly. Um, I wanted to. I wanted so many changes that I felt like I was putting off, and this lockdown has allowed me to do that. And um, yeah, I've tried to um, not live on my phone or on the computer. Obviously, like I have my all my stuff here and stuff, so I'm like constantly working here with my Mac and stuff. But in terms of social media, like I just I haven't got any of the apps anymore. I have to, I open them up to share certain things we do as a band, but like I just don't want to be part of it and. You, you feel withdrawal symptoms, which is really scary. You feel you're missing some sort of no. sugar hit or dopamine hit, um, which is weird. But as soon as you do it for a little while and you just connect with real people, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, I think it's the right thing to do. What was the what was the biggest difference for you? Because you said, well, I had to reassess myself. What was the biggest difference that you thought that you couldn't live without, but you now actually can live without? Now we're going to get into the, the Martin Deep territory. Um, this is okay. Yeah. So I, so in in October, November time, I, I had a breakup, and I realized that for the last 10 years of my life, before even before my relationship, but with just the way I was living my life, and with certain things to do with my family, I was constantly needed to be picked up, and I didn't realize that I was constantly sad about a lot of things and pretty broken about a lot of things back home. 
And then I always had something or someone as a crutch to help me through it. And I knew that. I knew that for years and I couldn't let go of it. I couldn't, even if it was, you know, a really bad time in my whatever relationship, it's like I couldn't let go of it because I felt like as soon as the kind of the pin was going to get pulled out, I would just kind of fall apart at the threads. So this was, it was, you know, so from November till now, it's been this unbelievable journey of not even like, everyone always says about rediscovering, sorry, about, oh, you'll find yourself again. And I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to be who I was when I was 18. I don't want to be anything to do with that. I want to rediscover myself. So this, I've like had, I've basically grown into the person I wanted to be these last nine months. Um, without anything or any crux or anyone just like spending time alone and I remember Dom said to me in November when I had a breakup he was like no not November in when the pandemic happened he was like this could actually be the best social experiment you could ever go through right now where you have no choice but to be alone and I was like fuck he's totally right it's so amazing so I just spent I spent the time really not pacing over the cracks, but just filling them with the right things. And the right things is your own self-love and self-worth. Um, and I would recommend it to anyone. It's the most peaceful, beautiful thing when you finally love yourself for the first time. Because I don't think I ever did. I think I was always just needing someone else to, employing someone else to love me in a sense, you know? Everyone does that. Yeah, and did it, did it also give you a deeper connection to the music that you're creating yourself now? Yeah massively i felt like yeah i think like i said with with nothing but thieves it's um you know we we've been together for a long time and it's a shared the shared beautiful project which is great i think i needed to do this i think i needed to get some shit off my chest and just release myself into some music and it was all an accident really I don't even know why it's happened, but I'm really, I'm really glad it has. But obviously, that's probably a conversation for the future we can have because this is yeah. this is about nothing with leaves. Yeah. But um, you know, in, it's funny though because we recorded the album in October, um, Moral Panic, and I knew something was, I knew a lot was wrong, and I knew something like was basically was the kettle was about to burst for me. Um, I was in the recording studio for a month, and I, I didn't say it to anyone, but I said this is really your chance to like have some therapy here um, and just get it all out via your body, which is the most incredible thing. There's a, there's a Jeff Buckley quote where he was just like, it's one thing writing the song, it's the way you deliver it and from where you deliver it. And I've always noticed as a kid that the singers that I struck a chord with most just sing from this pit of something and it could just be what they're dealing with in that day but there's something that is aching in them you know yeah. people like nina and jeff and like elizabeth fraser um people that really just play and sing from this this well and i thought because i didn't do that on the first year records i thought okay songs are done i'm just going to execute them brilliantly and we have a great record <laughs> and this time i went no you've got some shit to get out here so I used it as this, yeah, really, I don't know if you, how much have you heard the record, but uh, I'm assuming you've heard yeah, yeah. yeah, I just like certain songs in particular, like Free If We Want It, and then Individual and Impossible, I just 
exploded my soul onto the songs. And for the first time, I think in my life, I've listened back to a record or some songs and gone, whoa, that's, I feel like I'm listening to someone else, which again reminds me of when I used to listen to people like Nina and Jeff, where you go, wow, I feel like I'm hearing their soul. And that's, um, yeah, I'm really proud of that this time around. I allowed myself to be vulnerable with the recording and just give a part, a broken part of me into the recording process, into the songs. I think people will connect with that, you know? Yeah, I think, and I think they do, because like you were saying, this feels like the end. There's one thing that, well, you say we are addicted to the pain, but I was thinking there's a, a talking voice in the middle of the song. Um, oh, right, yeah, yeah, the um, yeah. speech. Yeah. Who is it? Who is it? And and then why why did you why did you why did you choose him? <laughs> so we had this idea of just sprawling freeform lyrics of just anger essentially, and it's quite nice for us to be able to do that without having to put them in a melody or a rhyming scheme or anything like that. Um, we wanted it to feel international rather than British. We wanted it to feel like a global problem, a global pandemic in a sense it's quite ironic um but this is the guy from LA um and where do you go when you need voice actors LA it was actually pretty easy we yeah. got like 50 50 guys um sent through their voice notes and he just felt right because he felt this line between prestige and serious where you're like this could be comedic but he's also deadly serious. I think we nailed it when we chose him. It was actually a lot of work, weirdly. Like, the speech was really long, and he was quite a slow speaker. And we had to chop it, chop all the gaps up a lot, time stretch it, this sort of stuff to make it fit. And then it was even parts where I wanted to make, I wanted to make it hooky to your ears. It was like, your consent is manufactured. Just stuff like that, that then it will stick as an earworm. It's like, and then you, you know, just place it. So it has this kind of, it has a cadence in a way. Yeah. Um, it was really fun, really interesting for us to do something different. Um, and I think it makes the song for me. I love that song. I was worried that it was just a little bit stock or something like that, a little bit, nothing but thieves rock song, which is obviously great. And a lot of fans love that. And we do too. Um, but just having this element, the speech, uh, I think it just takes it to another level. Uh, yeah, it's great. What is the what is the what is the song what is the song about for you? Because uh, we can be free if we want it. And um, can you believe what? No, sorry, this is the yeah yeah yeah. Uh, that 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 that's your song. Uh, sorry, we are addicted to the pain. What is the song about? Can you can you believe what we are seeing? Yeah, yeah. So it's just the um, it's just an outward reflection of of Twitter essentially. That song. It's just that feeling of you again scrolling through your phone and just feeling more and more depressed at what you see um and we're getting numb at the numbers on the screen there's still more upturned dinghies in the sea it's just about that overwhelming feeling of dread and sometimes i think there's a line between wanting to be informed but wanting your mental health to also be intact um and this song is definitely that sort of thing like we're addicted to the pain can't look away and it, it's just, it's like a, it's like a battle with yourself and a battle with being informed on what's going on. And I, oh God, I feel like that every single day. I don't want to look at my phone, but then I still want to know if I'm going to go into tier two lockdown in Essex, <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's constant that battle um, and it's striking a balance. 
and then that song is just it's a hyperbolic way of saying like can you believe what we're seeing we devolve into inferior beings um it feels like the end you know that's a more of a pest it's quite a pessimistic song yeah, yeah. but that's okay because there's there's hope more hopeful songs on the record so it's all right. um i think i think by 20 minutes are almost over but there's one question i still need to ask uh, we started out with moral panic um when did you decide well this is going to be the album title two and why oh uh, we were rehearsing for um we were rehearsing for a tour i guess so that would have been ages ago um we'd just written moral panic the song and we had loads and loads of the other tunes and i just said to the guys like i really think this kind of encompasses everything we're talking about you know the battle between right and wrong the um the in-between stage of rage and resignation not knowing what side to party with not knowing where you stand and having that that kind of group effort to make change but also group effort to kind of inflict pain um there's a lot of that on the record and moral panic i i just felt that it, it it was a perfect sound bite to kind of encompass the whole record and the guys were like yeah totally it was kind of as simple as that i just thought it just it feels so right for everything that we're talking about okay last question what is for you how do you see the near future and the future let's say within a year how, how strange is this for you now with the new album uh, uh, next week um yeah what are your thoughts on that well to be truthfully honest i'm not thinking about the future for the first time in my life um i'm trying to get through day by day and live very very presently and it's literally nearly impossible to think about the future without feeling foggy and depressed about it. But if I had to think about it, I'd say that I have my fingers firmly crossed for summer festivals to go on. Well, I did at least until about a week ago when I'm basically finding out that London's and Essex is going into an extreme lockdown again. So I'm just thinking, this is, this is, I mean, this is a, a really wealthy country that's handled it poorly. And we're going to tour a lot of countries that haven't got the means um, as we do and are probably going to be way better, way worse off. So it, it makes me think where are we going to be able to tour? So without sounding too pessimistic, because I do think I'm a bit more pessimistic or realistic than optimistic. Dom's optimistic. Um, I'm fingers crossed for the summer festivals. I do think the shows will be on 100% next year in October, which will be unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I really don't know how to answer that because I don't know, no one knows the answers. I've heard some rumours they're doing some arena shows, but we'll keep we'll keep people entertained. We'll keep ourselves entertained with, you know, these live stream shows. We'll do as much as we can through the internet or anything, socially distanced. We'll keep ourselves busy and entertained. But yeah, fingers crossed that we have some uh, some shows in the summer. Yeah. Okay, well, let's see. The, um... If they happen, then I will be looking forward to them. Uh, thank you for now. Yeah, good to see you. Good to see you. And, um, well, uh, talk to you soon again. See you too soon. Okay, you bye. Bye-bye.